Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning and happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network. We've got a jam-packed hour coming your way, starting with our best plays in the NBA, uh, taking a look at some of our best bets. Then it's on to the NFL. We know it's divisional weekend. So we'll do a full preview on Bucks lions at 720, Chiefs-Bills at 740, and then rolling through the rest of the games throughout the rest of the show. Uh, Jenks, I cannot wait to get your opinion on this because usually okay. it's the NBA that has the most petty drama. But over the last few days, we've seen a ton of drama with a Washington background. Jay Gruden v. RG3. Please mm-hmm. tell me you have been following the drama that's been unfolding on Twitter.com. Oh, it's been awesome. I love it. And then <laughs> B. Mitch got in there. Brian Mitchell got in there, and he was chirping at Jay Gruden. Doesn't this just speak to the dysfunction of the Washington football franchise? Not now, but in the past. And and I can tell you there is such a sigh of relief here in D.C. It's it's amazing. And, and Jay Gruden, Matt just put this in the chat, here in D.C., there is a very popular radio show. It's Grant and Danny and Danny Ruye and Grant Paulson. They do a great job and doing it for a long time. And Jay Gruden appears on their show once a week. Brian Mitchell is also on the same radio station. He has a show, I believe, right before Grant and Danny come on. So it's it's all sort of intertwined here. So you've got guests coming on and arguing with people before before the actual guests come on the show and also they all play together and know each other and it just goes to show like how bad things were here in DC during that time because B Mitch was covering the team and has covered the team forever and he's a Redskins legend Jay Gruden and RG3 clearly have a history and so we all remember that time and how 
awful it was like trying to find a reason to be excited and here they are years this should have been put to bed years ago and yet here we are in 2024 and they're still beefing if that doesn't tell you the dysfunction and that's just on the football field that sort of encapsulated the dan snyder era or part of the era i don't know what does it's i i find it very amusing because i know b mitch I don't know RG3. <laughs> I covered him. I covered Jay Gruden as well. So to sort of know and have covered many of the people involved in this beef is highly entertaining. I just sit back and enjoy the ride. It's definitely entertaining, but I think it's kind of a touch embarrassing that like a grown man is doing yes. this. Because let me take people through a timeline of the drama that has been unfolding in case you haven't been following. It all started with this tweet. Jay Gruden tweeted, if I ever put a quarterback through uh, what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize. Pick up a blitz. And then RG3, RG3 responded with a picture of him lowering his glasses, kind of implying that, oh, well, you put me through that. And, you know, Brian Mitchell responded as well. He said, are you serious, dude? Please just effing disappear. Uh, and then Jay Gruden responded by saying, I are a punch returner. Be quiet. <laughs> Because it would be one thing if he just said this and, you know, went away. But he kept sure. responding. In fact, there was a deleted tweet that I just saw, and this is what reminded me of it, that said, uh, you weren't good enough. Kirk was better. Cleveland didn't want you. Baltimore didn't either. Quit blaming me. He did delete mm -hmm. it, but boy, this is messy. For grown men, you know, yeah, years it's later. A bad look. It's a bad look. There's no question it's a bad look. And honestly, it's 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 really a bad look for Jay Gruden in particular. But also, yeah. RG3, I will also say, has a much higher opinion of his football career than other people do. I mean, he really does. I don't know if you saw the segment on ESPN. It was uh, probably three or four weeks ago, and they were talking about the need for quarterbacks around the league. And he said... He said, you know, I've had GMs come up to me and say, you know, Robert, we know you can still play in this league. And the look on the people around him were like, I don't think that's true. That's not true. And it's well documented if you followed the Redskins back when RG3 was playing. Look, RG3 was a great talent. And, and he was mismanaged in a lot of ways, particularly when it comes to injuries. At the same time, a lot of this is on Robert. I mean, it, it really is. And he came in, he was a fireball, but he didn't really adjust and he didn't handle adversity well. And he was always speaking like some sort of advertising robot. I'm all in for week one. It's like, just talk to us like a human being. So at the same time, while it's a bad look for Jay Gruden, I disagree with the idea that, oh, okay, Robert, the reason why things didn't work out for you is just because you didn't get protection from Jay Gruden. A lot of the issue was you, your particular work ethic. And when you left, did you make a career for yourself? No, you didn't. When you left this organization and you got to a better organization, were you a success? No, you were not. So I think RG3 is wrong in the idea that Jay Gruden somehow ruined his career. But I think it's a really bad look for Jay Gruden to continue to keep this going. I think RG3 knows what he's doing here, though. Don't you think he enjoys stirring the pot? As somebody yes. who is a media personality, 
I think he likes the attention. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's out of line for me to say? No, I think you're a thousand percent right. RG3 loves the attention. And sometimes you see him. Emmanuel Acho is very bad at this as well, where they just, they're attention seekers and they're looking for all eyeballs and they love it. They love the spotlight being on them and they will say whatever it takes. And they don't, and here's the thing. It's not, it's not extreme, like Skip Bayless extreme, like his stuff is laughable, but they say just enough to, yeah, to stir the pot, just to garner enough Mm -hmm. attention. So people are talking about them and they're in the conversation. I guess it's part of his job, though. Part of his job is to be interesting yeah. and to get the conversation going. So, you know, maybe it's him personally like the intention or maybe it's him trying to say, OK, I am trying to, you know, raise my stardom in the social mm-hmm. media, you know, atmosphere. And so I'm going to do this. I'm going to respond. And I know what's coming because, you know, when you respond to a tweet like that, that there's going to be some sort of rebuttal that is coming your way. Oh, yeah. But I think who looks the worst in all of this is Jay Gruden, because he is not, I guess you said he comes on a radio station, but he is not he a media personality the way that RG3 has. Like RG3, I think, has like more to lose at this point, right? He's yeah. on ESPN. He does all these games. Yeah. Oh, no question. But also, you know, the, I guess the opposite of that argument or the flip side is if you're ESPN, maybe you like the fact that he's bringing attention to. Exactly your network and someone who's a personality on their network. I mean, my God, Pat McAfee's getting away with murder and they let him keep going. So RG3 comparatively is a drop in the bucket. (laughs) You're right. They're putting out other fires. They're like, listen, we got a lot going with Pat McAfee right now. This doesn't even, you know, get to the front office for us. So maybe it is the least of their problems, but I have enjoyed watching it unfold on social media. Uh, all right, so let's get to our favorite NBA plays of the day because we do have some games going on in uh, on this Friday night in the association. Let's start in the Magic City. Orlando squaring off with the Sixers. We've got Philly five and a half point road favorites. Total of 225 and a half. We have talked about the Magic and the time to play them is usually when they're at home, but usually also when they are favorites. So now that they're getting five and a half points, Jenks, is that enough for you to consider playing Orlando here? I I don't think so. Normally, I, I'm a big backer of the Magic, and they've been very good at covering the number. But I will say that I just think this is a bad spot for them because the Sixers are so good defensively. The Magic are good defensively, too. So maybe you look at the under here. This mm-hmm. seems like a smidge high. The Magic are 14 and 9 on the road against the number. Very good. But the Sixers are 16 and 6 at home. But Orlando is also one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. And I just don't think they have an answer for Joel Embiid on the inside. I, I just don't know how they're going to stop him. I like one of his player props, but I would lean Sixers at home minus the points or look at the under as well. Should be noted, this game's in Orlando. Uh, And I think that's why this line is a little bit shorter. Like, if this game was in Philly, I feel like we'd be seeing a a line closer to eight. Um, But I think you kind of alluded to the point that I was going to get to. And that is the fact that Orlando is pretty pedestrian when it comes to their offense. So it just feels to me when you see the Sixers offense that has such a reliable stalwart in Joel Embiid, it's going to be tough for Orlando to keep up. 
uh, a team that you know is one of the better offenses in the NBA, scoring 119 points on uh, points a game. And then you look at Orlando, who is really challenged when it comes to scoring points quickly. One of the worst three-point scoring de- uh, offenses in the entire NBA. In fact, they are the worst. They rank behind the Detroit Pistons when uh, it comes to threes per game. So I don't know if I think Orlando can keep up here. This seems like a game where Joel Embiid really, you know, uh, rings up the points, tries to improve his case for MVP. Mm-hmm. So I will go that route. Uh, really like the the Sixers on the road here. I will lay the five and a half as well. Next up, let's go to the Nuggets and the Celtics. We've got Boston five and a half point home favorites, total of 234 and a half. Jenks, this looks like a good game to watch, but what mm-hmm. about from a betting standpoint? Is this a game you want to bet on? I, oh. <laughs> do you notice how I start every single NBA handicap by going, I don't know. It's hard to bet on the NBA. <laughs> I like the Celtics. Like the Celtics here. And I I would actually maybe bet on this game. I think the Celtics cover. As much as I love the Joker and the Nugs, I think this is Boston's game to win. They are 13-7 and seven against the number one playing at the Garden, which is fifth best in the league. But in the last four games at the Garden, the Nuggets have covered the number just once. So based on recent history, the early money also hitting the Celtics, I would lay it with Boston. Seems like a big number. Yeah. I don't think it's big enough. Right. The Nuggets have not been covering machines when they're playing away from home. Just 7-14 and 14 away from home. I will say in most of those instances, they're probably favorites, probably laying some big numbers. Maybe they're just not covering. Because on the road, they do have a winning record straight up, 11-10. and 10. But how about as an underdog? This is a pretty rare situation for Denver. But when they are getting points... They have not been good in this situation. Just one and three as underdogs this season. Meanwhile, you see Boston, 31 and eight straight up as favorites. So when they're getting the credit, it's usually the case. And it is deserved for Boston when playing at home. And also, they've covered in three straight games. So Celtics appear to be the right side, at least according to the trends. Next up, let's make a stop in New Orleans. Pelicans and Suns. Uh, facing off here, we've got New Orleans two and a half point home favorites, total two thirty six and a half. Jenks, I don't think we have ever bet on the Suns. I don't no. think it is a show favorite. Are you fading them here? <laughs> yes, I am. This is where my <laughs> handicapping gets a little specious. I hate betting on the Suns. I don't trust them. We know. I never. I uh, <laughs> I don't trust them. I'll say it every single day. Every I'll say that and send me a rope bet MGM. I'll see it. I'll say that every single day for a year. You just never know who's going to play. They are getting a little bit better. The big three have started to gel a little bit, but ultimately, mm-hmm. Phoenix is seven, nine, and one against the number on the road. Now, you have to sort of take that with a grain of salt because a lot of that was early in the season when no one was healthy, but still, Pelicans have been great at home this season. They're 13 and eight against the spread, and this number seems way short to me. I'm on the Pels. Right. It seems like a case where the Pelicans get on the right side here. I think it's a little scary for me, though, because you're right. It looks like Phoenix has started to come together just a little bit Mm -hmm. with wins over the Lakers, the Blazers. That doesn't mean much. 
and the Sacramento Kings. This is a long road trip for them, though. Uh, if you're looking at going from Phoenix to New Orleans, like you said, New Orleans has been the play when they play at home, not so much when they are on the road. So if I had a lean, it would be the Pelicans, but I think I'm a little afraid to go against KD and company. So uh, maybe it's not going to make the card, but you're right. The line movement is indicating that New Orleans is the play. This line moved from one to two and a half. New Orleans Mm. sitting at two and a half point favorites. And then finally, we've got a little time. Nets Lakers. We've got the Lakers laying six and a half. It feels like this team is not a team I want to trust. Like I've read the headlines and it says, you know, there is trouble a brewing. In L.A. Uh, so, Jenks, are you taking the points with the Nets? I made this a bro bet. Bro. Bro, the Nets suck right now, bro. The Nets are 1-9 and nine in their last 10. They've lost four straight, bro. Just, bro, it's LeBron. Bro, lay it with LBJ and help me with this lat press. That's my bet. <gasps> Ooh, you're right. Brooklyn has been real hard to trust as well. Against the spread, 19-19-2. Don't think I'll bet on either side. When we return, maybe some bets in Divisional Weekend. That's next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we are back. Hour two rolls on here on the Daily Tip. In just a few minutes, we'll get to some of these divisional matchups in the NFL this weekend, starting with the Bucks and the Lions. We'll give you our best plays, a side, maybe a total, and maybe something to keep your eye on when it comes to the props market. Uh, Jenks, last night we were watching... The Bulls and the Raptors game, begrudgingly, because that's the only game that we could watch. And the NBA is a TNT game. So, you know, that was our only option. And I was Mm -hmm. sitting there with my husband, and he was saying, you know what? I don't think I could name any players on the Raptors. I was like, you know what? I don't think you're alone. He was like, and as a matter of fact, I don't think I know any players on the Bulls either. And he was trying to name players. And he said, that guy, Scooby White. And I thought to myself, I was like, (laughs) Scooby White? Does my husband actually know more about the NBA than I do? Because I've never heard of Scooby White. I was like, did this guy play in the Pac-12? Like, it sounds like a guy that could play in the Pac-12. Like, maybe I just didn't know. And then I think to myself, are you talking about Kobe White? Kobe White. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How did you get that so wrong? Kobe? Scooby? Have you ever gotten somebody's name so wrong that it's not even close? Well, I don't normally get it that wrong, but one thing I always do <laughs> and I've done, I mean, Scooby is pretty, <laughs> it's pretty out there. Who's the best player in the NBA, Jake? Larry James. Larry James. <laughs> Larry B. J- you mean LeBron? So I, I don't normally get it that wrong, but I definitely have two, and they're not crutches. They're just, for some reason, you know how sometimes there's just a name and it gets you every single time. There are two names that get mm-hmm. me all the time, and it's happened on this show forever. It's happened on shows before this. Number one is Justin Verlander. I don't know how many times I've called him Jason Verlander, but it's about <laughs> a billion. I do that all. It became a running joke on a previous show because I would say it, and I would 
practice, I was like, Michael, you know his name. It's Justin Verlander. I said Jason a billion times. I've done it on this show. And then Russell Westbrook, I always call him Russell Wilson. Did you know Russell Wilson plays for the Clippers? I, I do that all the time, too. I don't know what it is about those two names, but I get those confused on the regular. I feel like the quarterbacks in the SEC this year I had trouble with because there yeah. was Jalen, Jaden Daniels, Jalen. Yeah. Like there was a lot of Jalens and Jadens. And it was mm-hmm. hard for me to keep them all straight because, you know, we're doing a thousand sports and a thousand names. So occasionally you're going to have one of these. And then it's a mental thing. Like if you have yeah. one that you always mess up, then your mind is playing tricks on you. And you're like, oh, my God, is it this or is it this? Mm-hmm. I didn't know last time. So why would I know now? So it just becomes like <laughs> this mental gymnastics that you just do in your mind. And you're just like, how can I avoid saying this person's name? Like I do that when I don't know somebody's name. Like. Hey, Chief. Sup, man? Oh, oh Chief. <laughs> I love the phrase, Chief. What's up, Chief? It's classic. Okay, so if you're on the flip side of that and somebody's mm-hmm. like, like the meme that's going around is the Tiger Woods one where he's like, sup, big dog. If somebody <laughs> yeah. calls you that, do you immediately think, wow, this person doesn't know my name? If they say big dog? If somebody call, I'll be happy for anybody to call me Big Dog. I've never been called Big Dog. I'll probably be called Little Dog. What's up, Little Dog? I'm like, I don't know about that. I'll take, I'll take Big Dog instead. Nobody wants to be called Little Dog. No, I. But here's the thing: I can't say it because I am terrible at this. I have to ask people's names again and again and again before it finally registers with me. So I can't hate on anyone that goes through that. I mean. <laughs> Double D. Does it shock you to know that Double D's nickname in college was Big Papa? This does not shock me in the slightest, as it should be. I think of Biggie Smalls and David Dykstra. So I would say, ultimately, I I understand the idea that you just kind of go, hey, guy, or what's going on, bro? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I'm really bad at names. Terrible. I hey, learned your guy. name last week. Hey, guy. That was that one's you, bad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey you uh, not good i'm like that too so i have done this many a time and i'm just wondering if anybody's smart enough on the other end to understand wow she does not remember my name she's gonna call me what's up big dog hey chief what's up boss <laughs> what's up, <big> man <laughs> unless you're like a waiter like waiters love doing this anytime yes. we're out to eat if it is a male waiter, they constantly call my husband boss. They're like, hey, boss, you want a drink? Oh, I'm like, how yeah. come I don't get called the boss? You don't want to call me boss? What's the problem mm-hmm. here? <laughs> oh, my, my HVAC guy calls me boss. I love it. He's great. Your I, HVAC I text guy. him. Ah, uh, yeah. He called me back the other night. I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry to bother you. You didn't have to call me. He's like, no, 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 no. Whatever you need, boss. I'm like, okay. He's off. That's my guy. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's honestly... I don't know. I think I told you this. I did tell you this before. So I've been called doctor and senator. I don't know where that. Yeah, came that's from. weird. Yeah, that's weird. Actually, it's awesome. I, I have no <laughs> political background. I hello, doctor. I'm like hello. I, like, I, I didn't even deny it. I was like, good evening. <laughs> like I just got out of <laughs> surgery. You know, like I just saved someone's life, and now I need a break. So you can call me doctor anytime. I am not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, you can just adopt that identity. You know, if somebody hands yeah. it to you. Just run with sure. it. All right. So how about the many identities 
of Baker Mayfield. He has bounced around to many a team. He's done many a commercial, but now he finds himself smack dab in the middle of a winning team, the Tampa Bay Bucks, facing off with the Lions this weekend and getting six and a half points. I think it's a surprise to all of us that the Bucks have made it to the divisional round, a team coming from the NFC South, which we have laughed aloud about many times on this show, yeah. making fun of the NFC South. But here we are, the Lions and the Bucks. And Jinx, I think the most surprising thing is I'm leaning towards the points and the Bucks. Are we going to so go too. against each other? Oh, no. We finally have a squad play. Yeah. I like the Bucks, man. I like the Bucks. Now I'm, I feel bad. I was giving our social media crew a hard time yesterday. I feel guilty now because I was like, I haven't made these official picks yet. They're like, Jinx is rolling with this team. I'm like, maybe, maybe. I haven't done it yet. We're discussing it. Maybe. I'm such a jerk. I'm sorry. My apologies. And now I'm going with the pick. I'm like, we're just discussing it. Because, you know, we, with any bet, you have to make a case for both sides. Or at least you should, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a good way to look at any game, no matter whether it's NFL or not, which is, okay, let's take a look and make a case for both sides. And then based on that discussion, where are we going? And so we've been making cases for Tampa, making cases for Detroit. I I think I think I like the Bucks and the points here. And I believe that Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he's recaptured anything, but there's no question that he has done a fantastic job in the latter half of the season. And I just keep going back to the point that the Lions secondary can be thrown on. Like, you can pass. You can spread the ball around against Detroit. And so, certainly, Matthew Stafford presented a much more difficult challenge than Baker Mayfield should. But the Bucks have nothing to lose. And I know it's going to be a raucous environment, but six and a half just seems a little big for me. The Bucks are sneaky, are sneaky good in the in a way that, look, at some point, their luck is going to run out. It probably runs out this weekend. But... There's something to be said for a team that sort of finds a way, even in a weak division, and even last week against an Eagles team that really lost its identity, and it really starts with their quarterback play. So based on how Baker has looked, and there's no question they have dangerous receivers. That's never been a question. Mm -hmm. So when you have a quarterback playing well with a dangerous offense taking on a Lions secondary that is probably their primary weakness, I think six and a half points seems like too many. So officially now... I'm going to be on Tampa. Yeah, I like it as well. I was just looking. There is a seven out there. So obviously, if you like the Bucks Ooh, yeah. and the six and a half, you're going to love getting a seven. So search for it. It is out there. But this would be different if the matchup was different. But Baker Mayfield last week put up big numbers against a secondary that was weak over the course of the season. We know the Eagles secondary has been a problem. If you play wide receiver props, you always go against the Eagles. Same goes for the Lions. They're a team that's giving up the second most yards per attempt of any secondary in the NFL over the course of the mm. entire season. So he has a good matchup here. Baker Mayfield is not going against a secondary that's been really tough this season. So there is no reason on paper for me to think that Baker Mayfield slips back into you know his old, bad Baker ways uh, in this game. I do think this game is probably going to be pretty much back and forth. I think this is probably a similar game to what we saw against the Rams, where we see a lot of yeah. passing. We see a lot of great catches by the receivers. 
Because like you said, Baker Mayfield has plenty of great weapons. Even the guys on the Lions have acknowledged that. And they say, well, you know, this team would be really good if they had a great quarterback, which obviously is a slight to Baker Mayfield, but certainly a compliment to guys like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. On the other end, what do we expect from this Lions offense? Because maybe that's the sabotage factor. If this game is high scoring and very back and forth, sometimes seven isn't enough. Like maybe it lands at seven. So that's why I think it's really important to go get that seven as opposed to six and a half. What's the case for the Lions here? It really is whether or not they can handle the Tampa blitz. And this is going to be strength versus strength because the one thing the Bucs love to do is blitz the quarterback, blitz the quarterback. They like to put pressure on whoever is under center, and they do it more than most teams in the NFL. However, Jared Goff as a quarterback is actually very effective against the mm-hmm. blitz. So I, I – you know, you, you wonder who's going to who's going to win that battle. Or will the Bucks say, all right, we'll blitz you a little bit less. We adjust our game plan because you tend to thrive in this situation. This is where coaching and planning and scheming really comes into play here. So if Jared Goff can handle what Tampa throws at him, then I think the case is, look, the Lions are a superior team. They're playing at home. They're going to be hyper-motivated because they haven't had this sustained success and when I say sustained success, I mean a playoff win, like one win. But they haven't had this in forever. And this is a very good team. But I, I, I think the case is Jared Goff handles the blitz. The Lions clearly have more offensive weapons. They are the better team. And then Baker Mayfield regresses a little bit and sort of becomes the guy that was a journeyman just last year, which could happen. And also, it's tough the fact that the Bucks had a home playoff game is just amazing to me. But playing in Detroit, I think this is where home field, more so than others, have advantages. And Ford Field with a Lions, a Lions fan base that has been dying for success is going to be a tough place to go into and get a win or keep within the number if you're making the case for Detroit. Right. It's a stark contrast to last week playing an Eagles right. team that did not look motivated. Mm-hmm. Now you're going into the lion's den with probably the most motivated person in the NFL and Dan Campbell. Like yeah. it is a stark contrast between teams. Uh, I think the other things to look at in this game are the passing yardage props for both quarterbacks. Because if you look at fantasy points and fantasy yards, both the bucks and the lions are in the bottom five. The Bucks actually gave up the second most pass yards per game of any defense in the NFL. And I think a lot of it has to do with their run defense being really good. It is a pass funneling defense. So that's the way you beat the Bucks is through the air. Jared Goff, his passing yardage prop is pretty high at 281 and a half. Maybe that's the sabotage factor there. Or you could look at Baker Mayfield, who's going against the Detroit Lions, who, like I said, giving up the second most yards per attempt and also the fourth most yards to opposing quarterbacks of any team in the NFL. So I think both these quarterbacks should have a nice little day, or at least matchup-wise. So what about a total in this one? It's played indoors. The weather's Mm -hmm. not going to be a factor. 48.5, if you think both these quarterbacks have success, is the over in play. Yeah, I think so. And I've seen some bets on the under, but I I just disagree. I'm with you. You talked about that Lions secondary, how weak it is. We know when the Lions get going on offense, they can be incredibly explosive. So, oh, Matt just put this in the chat. This was a 20-6 to 6 game when they met in the regular season. <laughs> I But you know when what? Was this that? was a 
I was just going to say things okay. change, things evolve. So things are much different now in the playoffs, but I, I do think, I do think that I would lean towards the over here. I, I like bucks plus six and a half better, but also Tampa Bay is playing. It, it's interesting when you look at something like this, like, okay, how did this game go when they met earlier? Like how much can mm-hmm. you take away from that? Because there, there are things that you certainly can because matchups are matchups. At the same time, teams get better, teams get worse. I think on the field, in Detroit, on that turf, indoors, with the way the Bucks are playing so much better on offense, with the Lions being weaker on defense, I think we could see not necessarily shootout, but a game that definitely touches the over. Right. I think when you get a second chance at somebody, you get to watch the film and maybe improve on some things. But I will say Jared mm-hmm. Goff had 353 yards of offense or passing, I should say, two passing touchdowns. So maybe you just play the passing yard prop on Jared Goff and hope for more of the same. But I do like the points with the Bucks. We shall see what unfolds for the Lions in the Motor City. Coming up next, it's time to talk about... The Chiefs and the Bills. I cannot wait for this game, and I can't wait to talk about it. That's next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in on this Friday, January the 19th. We've got some great divisional matchups brewing this weekend in the NFL, including the Chiefs and the Bills. Jenks, from a viewing perspective, I think this is the one that I am most excited for because there are so many narratives at play in this game. The narrative that the Chiefs have lost it this year. They don't look like a championship team. Travis Kelsey looks like a shell of himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a team you don't want to trust. And then there's the other narrative that the Bills always get beat by the Chiefs in the postseason and they've had some really hard luck losses including that one that ended with the coin toss that the bills lost then their defense couldn't stop anybody so from a viewing perspective is this your favorite game or is there another game on the slate that you think takes that top spot oh no this is the one i cannot wait for this game i might even stay up late to watch this bad boy best game of the weekend because of the history here also yeah i know so lame i'm so lame can I just tell you that I I have read a lot of lame comments and I will talk about these later in the show. I want to sort of tease these out. But I had a guy because I was talking about how I like the Bills in this game and this moron says he goes off. He's like, "This is so stupid. You know, this guy is a moron. You go with the team that has more experience in the Chiefs, okay, it's not it's not just one game. It's an entire season. Now, I'm not saying the Bills can't win. I'm like, then what is your point? You're telling me I'm an idiot for picking the Bills, and you're like, this is so stupid, this is so stupid, this is so stupid. You got to go with the Chiefs. Now, I'm not saying the Bills can't win. I'm like, well, then there you go. There you go. I, it, You're admitting in the middle of this rant that, oh, yeah, also the Bills could win this game. 
which is exactly my point. I think the Bills are going to win. But regardless of idiots online, I just feel like this Chiefs team isn't what it used to be. I keep saying that, but I really feel that way. And I I just can't wait to see Patrick Mahomes in a true road game in this environment. Because for almost all of his career, all he's done is play at Arrowhead, play at Arrowhead. I want to see him go and play on the cold in Buffalo and also have to deal with a Bills crowd. I was talking to a Bills fan last night. I mean, they cannot wait. They have been dying to finally host the Chiefs in a playoff game. And now they get to. It's going to be great. Right. Um, This is what bothers me about people online. I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with me, but have an explanation. Like, is there a reason why you don't agree with my reasoning? Like, because here's how I feel about the Chiefs and Bills game. It feels to me like it's a coin flip. I honestly Mm -hmm. would not be shocked if it goes either direction. Wouldn't be shocked if the Bills won at home. Wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs somehow, you know, looked at least decent enough to win this game. Because from a betting standpoint, I've done this before. I bet against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog, and boy, was I wrong. He has been fantastic when getting points over the course of his career. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog, 8-1-1 against the spread pretty sure i bet against him in the super bowl that was not a smart move on my part but it does feel like the chiefs team is different this year and it's not just patrick mahomes because it's not like this year patrick mahomes has been bad like he's had some games where he hasn't looked like himself but a lot of that has to do with the receivers and the drops that they're making and here's i think the main question that i would ask if the game is on the line and you have to count on receiver catching a pass and they drop it and they have a really bad, you know, drop. Do you look in the mirror and say, this is something we saw all season long. Why mm-hmm. did you not think this was going to happen again? I think that's what it boils down to me. But you look at the Bills side. And there has been games when Josh Allen has absolutely looked beatable. Where he has turned the ball over. So I think on both sides of the coin, there are big sabotage factors there. When the Bills are good... They can beat anybody in the NFL, and I think everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. That's how the Bills have been looking over the last few games. But when Josh Allen is careless with the football and has those turnovers, they can certainly be beaten, especially against the Chiefs defense. It's been really good this year. So to me, this game feels like a coin flip, so it's not something I necessarily want to bet on. But, Jenks, I know you like the Bills, so make Mm -hmm. the case here. The case is that is that Josh Allen is holding onto the football. And sometimes sometimes a you can handicap a game pretty simply. And and I really think this is a simple handicap in that if Josh Allen does not turn over the football, the Buffalo Bills win this game. If Josh Allen does turn over the football, the Buffalo Bills will lose this game. But he's done a better job of holding onto the football. The one thing I do worry about is the Bills injuries. I mean, if you look at the number of players who did not practice yesterday, it's one, two, three, four, five, six players. They're already down to their second string linebackers. So I'm a little worried about the Bills defense. The secondary is banged up as well, but they are at home. They have been playing better. They've won what? What is it? Six straight games now to get into the postseason. And I just think that Josh Allen has put it together at the right time. And I'm just not convinced 
that as good as the Chiefs defense is, I, I just don't know about the Chiefs offense. I'm not sold on the Chiefs offense, and I kind of feel like the Chiefs are a little bit of fool's gold. I know they look good against the Dolphins, but, man, we were talking about the Dolphins for weeks, about how the Dolphins just hadn't beaten anybody. They're terrible in the cold. That that game meant nothing. It did not move the needle at all for me. Like, I fully expected the Chiefs to take care of the Dolphins. They did, but this is different. And also, I want to see the Chiefs – I want to see the Chiefs get it done – on the road because as good as Patrick Mahomes has been as a dog we really don't have a big sample size for the Chiefs in the playoffs in a road game in a hostile environment and that coupled with Josh Allen holding onto the football I think leads to a Buffalo win like I said I wouldn't be shocked if either results came true so I'm looking at another way to bet this game I'm gonna look at the props world I think first of all you look at Josh Allen and what he can do with his feet. We've seen it over the last couple games. So I'm looking at his rushing prop, over 44 and a half rush yards for minus 120. I think this is one market where the number feels almost skewed because of the regular season. These numbers are usually based on like season-long averages. In the regular season, the mentality is way different for quarterbacks rushing the football, especially when you're the face of the franchise. You're a little bit more conservative with your body when it's a regular season game. Not the case when it is a postseason game against probably your most hated rival in the postseason against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think if there's a chance for Josh Allen to run the football, he's going to do it. And also, he is one of the toughest quarterbacks to tackle um, since he is just so big. Uh, So I'll go over his rushing prop over 44 and a half. Was looking at the Chiefs side as well, and it is tempting. Travis Kelsey is the ultimate siren when I think it comes to the Chiefs (laughs) because his numbers have been so low. And you say, okay, Mm -hmm. at some point you're going to get a buy-low spot on Travis Kelsey. But even last game, he had a couple drops where you think, okay, maybe he's not all the way back. So I think you look towards Rasheed Rice. His number is 68.5 for receiving yards. I think he's the number one in Kansas City right now. He's gone over the century mark in each of the last two games, along with 12 targets in that game against the Dolphins. It's not a particularly easy matchup going against uh, the Bills secondary But I think a receiver is going to get at least 68 and a half yards. I think Rasheed Rice is the guy to do it. So I think I will be playing those as opposed to a side here. But Jenks, do you have a feeling on a total? This one feels like it's just sitting right there in the middle. 45 and a half. And I think a Mm -hmm. lot of it is tied to how much you believe in the Kansas City offense. Right? I I do think they'll have some success just because of – They're not as dynamic as they used to be. They're not as explosive as they used to be. But also, again, the Bills secondary is really banged up. So by virtue of the fact that they don't really have their top-line starters in there across the board, I think Kansas City can have some success. I kind of think we might see one of those games, those classic Chiefs-Bills games, where it kind of goes more back and forth than we think, and then it comes down to a field goal at the end of the game. The, the line tells you it's going to be a close game. The history between these two teams tells you it's going to be a close game. So whenever these two teams get together, we hardly ever see one team blow out the other. I, don't, I can't remember the last time I saw that. It's always close. And so I think it's going to be a close game where it goes back and forth, back and forth. I also need to check the weather forecast. I know it's going to be cold yeah. in Buffalo, but that's, that's something we haven't really touched on yet. And there's a difference between cold and also 
snow. I mean, just two nights ago, they were having travel advisories in Buffalo and they canceled the Sabres game and you couldn't even get out in your car, couldn't even do anything in the city of Buffalo. So right now it's going to be 27 and clear. And so cold weather is cold weather, fine. But low chance of precipitation. It'll be cold, but no snow. I think we could see a lot of points. And even in the game that was supposed to have god-awful weather, the Bills put up a ton of points. You know, that game against the Steelers. So that's the other thing. If we were talking about one of the sides being a warm-weather team, but both of these teams are used to playing in the cold, like Kansas City, of course, last week. Buffalo plays in Buffalo. So I think you take the weather out of the equation. Unless we see some kind of wind advisory that pops up, which, you know, is always, you know, possible when uh, we are playing in Buffalo – but still, I don't think a total is a play for me. I think I'll go with the props. Do you think hmm, do you think the winner of this game wins the AFC? Ooh. I don't think so. I think I really? think No, I don't. I, I I I keep buying into the Bills and I love Buffalo's story and I want Buffalo to and that's part of it too. I want the mm-hmm. Bills and the Bills Mafia to get one. But I do think the Ravens are clearly the best team in the AFC. I think Lamar's on a mission. I think he makes a statement this weekend because people keep fading him and saying, oh, you're not going to get it done in the playoffs. I think he gets it done this weekend. And in Baltimore, uses that home field advantage, and it's the Ravens that advance. They are the best all-around team. And as I said before, I love the way that they're approaching each game, the way that they're approaching the playoffs. I think the Ravens ultimately win. I would love to see the Bills do it, but I'd be on Baltimore. Right now, if you like the Bills to win the AFC, they are plus 225 to do so. So if you're feeling a little risky, you think the Bills have a shot, Maybe that's the way to go. Place your bets before this weekend if you think they beat the Chiefs because that number will just go down. Top of the hour is next here on the Daily Tip. We'll get to Alex Gold and get some insight for Kansas City. Is Travis Kelsey really broken? We'll find out next on the Daily Tip. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.